you know, this is the way it's always been done, and and I I think there's some states that have caucuses. The vast majority of the primaries, just like us. But uh, you know, some people say, well, you know, we need to do with the Republicans, do away with the Republicans and Democrats, be like Italy. Well, Italy's got 30 or 40 political parties, and their their political climate over there is in shambles. It's just kind of like, I don't think I want to go that way either. So. <laughs> well. I think multiple parties would make it healthier. And I, you have to find a way to find common ground with people who don't always agree with you. Or you're not going to have any yeah. power. Yeah, well, I thought, it was, uh, I thought it was disappointing yesterday that the pizza mafia kind of looked, seemed like they took over the county. So. <laughs> okay, That's what Doug. I call them, so. Are you running for office or? Uh... No, I, I'm running. Actually, I'm running from office. I, I'm running yeah, from I, office. From office. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my days are, are over. I get, you know, I, I'm to the point where you know I I'm not running for anything, so I can say whatever I dang well please. It's kind of like you know, well. Yes, you can. I don't have to be careful, like. But, you know, all these all these people running for office, you got to be careful who they offend. Well, it doesn't matter anymore for me. So there you go. <laughs> you can offend them all. It doesn't matter. You're free, uh, Doug. Yes, yeah. you're, you're free. That was interesting. Yeah, I'm a free man. Freedom. <laughs> Freedom. I thought it was interesting. Yesterday, they said the uh, Ohio Senate race, which they had five guys running. Uh, all together, uh, I'm not, I think that includes the Democrats. There was like three Republicans or something like that and two Democrats. They said they spent $70 million just on the primary. Holy moly. <laughs> I said, man alive, you know. That's crazy. You're not even going to make that much when you get in office. No, oh, no. oh, no, wait a minute, Kathy. <laughs> it's politics. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, how do, how do these guys go to Washington with no money in their bank account, and they turn right around and they retire millionaires? You know, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> where there, where there's a will, like there's a way, right? <laughs> you got it. You got it. But but you know what I would like to see to change the whole political spectrum in this country is you do away with all the special interest groups being able to campaign to give money to candidates. Uh, the only way they get money is if you write them a check and I write them a check. This means the PAC groups go away, the union influence goes away, the PAC cats donate millions of dollars to this and that, that all goes away. You know, they, they don't get a $1,000 maximum. That's all they can do. Yeah. And that changes. And, and then we only got to listen to about six months of this crap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's for sure. I, I agree with you 100,000%. Uh, finance reform for campaigns needs to happen. The problem is you're talking about politicians and they'll figure out a way to cheat it. So no no matter what you do, they'll cheat it. They're not going to cut their own throat. No. We have to cut it for them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the only way you do that is with the Constitutional Convention. And you have to have, I believe it's 35 or 36 states for that. And so uh, then we could put this in the in the books in Washington. And just nationally, that's the way it is. You know, uh, if you want to run for office, that's those rules you have to go by. So I guess 
I, I don't disagree with that either, but the problem I have with that is you know what happened the last time we had a constitutional convention, don't you? <laughs> I don't remember that now. I wasn't know if I was then. No, neither one of us were. They threw out the Articles of Confederation and wrote the form of government that we have today. So once they open that door, they can change everything if they want to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. So. It yeah, is. I'm glad it's over for a little bit now. So. Yeah. Yeah, for a month maybe. Oh, yeah. here we'll yeah, have a few go. months, will- hopefully. Yeah, then we'll start again. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, you guys have a good one. Hey, thanks for the call. You betcha. Take care. Mm, bye. Uh, Uncle Doug heard from. Where, what's wrong over there? Oh, my, my little... oh, your clip? Just clip it back on. I don't have a clip. It snaps. Well, oh, just here it is. Leave it hanging. The clip is here. It's not yeah. here. Yeah. In there. All right. Okay. All of a sudden, I was looking like, "Where's, where's my mic?" Now that we've taken care of business and nobody okay, knows about, okay, let's get into the 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 numbers, know, the details. Yeah. So I'm a numbers guy. Here we go. <laughs> Going to run down this list and give you the numbers. So um, on election day, three thousand and twenty-eight people actually did go to the polls and vote. Prior to that, there was one thousand and twenty-five people who actually voted absentee. Uh, or wa- a paper ballot or travel board. So that brings a total to 4,053 voters out of the 29,466 voters that are registered in Marshall County, giving our voter turnout at 13.75%. So looking at the numbers from the top, U.S. Senate on the Republican side, Todd Young, he was not challenged He received 2,738 votes. Uh, U.S. Representative in District 2, Jackie Walorski, was not challenged. She received 2,934 votes. For State Representative in District 7, vote for one. There were three candidates running. Uh, Jake Tashka is the incumbent there. He won handily. With 60% of the vote. He had 59 votes in Marshall County. Uh, His challenger, Tim Jaycox, had five votes. And Serena Williams had 34 votes. So So she quit playing tennis? Yeah. (laughs) There's just a little teeny portion up in in the northern part of Marshall County. And it's in the center part of the state, uh, the county. That drops down now that will be in um, that District 7 state rep uh, location. Okay. So the rest of the county will be covered by District 17. That is represented by Jack Roos, the incumbent. He received 2,752 votes. And then we move into the county offices. Uh, Matt Sarber, who is the incumbent judge of Superior Court Number 3, was not challenged. He received 2,862 votes. Prosecuting attorney in the 72nd Circuit, uh, Nelson Chipman, received 100% of the votes, nine, or 2,910 votes. He was not challenged by anybody. And I don't foresee those two being challenged in the fall by anybody. Yeah. Uh, then we had in the in the clerk's office, we actually had three running for the clerk of the courts. 
Uh, Joy Hensley received 975 votes. Anne Anglin received 1,144 votes. And the winner was Jenny Bennett with 1,170 votes. Now, if you look at the percentages, Joy Hensley received 29.64% of the vote. Anne Anglin received 34.78% of the vote. And the winner... Jenny Bennett received 35.57% of the vote. So the, those top two were pretty close yeah. um, in percentages. Moving over, County Auditor Angie Johnson Birchmeyer was not challenged. She received 2,896 votes. County Recorder Janet Howard, she's the incumbent. She's running for a second term, was not challenged. She received 2,854 votes. There was a race for Marshall County Sheriff. The incumbent, Matt Hassel, received seventy-four over 74% of the vote with 2,409 votes, while his challenger, Jeff Wojcik, received over 25% of the votes, or 819 votes. Moving on to County Assessor, Peter Paul, who we had on the show last Friday, um, was not challenged in, in the election. He received 2,840 votes. County Commissioner in District 1, we had a race here. The incumbent, trend, or the incumbent Stan Klotz, received 2,069 votes. His challenger, Trend Weldy, who actually happens to be the Brementown manager, received 1,286 votes. County Council in District 1... Uh, all the county council seats, all four of them, the incumbents lost. So okay. in County Council District 1, Will Patterson beat Heath Thornton. Will Patterson had 513 votes and Heath Thornton had 335 votes. So that was a big, that's a big, right. you know, change. Uh, in County Council District 2, the incumbent Mandy Campbell had 476 votes. Her challenger, Deborah Johnson, received 521 votes. In County Council District 3, the incumbent John Van Vactor received 320 votes. His challenger, Nicole Cox, received 638 votes. And in County Council District 4, the incumbent Steve Harper received 224 votes. His challenger, Adam Falstich, received 356 votes. So all of them won easily uh, over the incumbents. Moving on down into the townships, Ryan Shorey in Bourbon Township for Bourbon Township trustee was not challenged. He received 212 votes. For the Bourbon Town Board, Township Board, uh, you can vote for three. There was only one candidate running on the Republican ticket. Uh, Chris Berger received 210 votes. For the Center Township trustee, Amy Knapp. Uh, Amy was the only one running. She received 855 votes. For the Township Board, vote for three. There were three candidates. Jim Baldwin received 635 votes. Keith Hammond, 708 votes. And Bruce Knapp, 691 votes. So they're all in. In German Township, for German Township trustee on the Republican ticket, there was no candidate. For the German Township board on the Republican ticket, there were no candidates. You need to vote for three. There was nobody listed there. 
So we got to figure out what's going on up in German Township. In Green Township, Marie Fishburne was the incumbent and only candidate. She received 78 votes. The Green Township Board vote for the top three. There were only two candidates. James Fishburne received 66 votes, and Shonda Winanu received 42 votes. In North Township Trustee, Emily Haskins received 216 votes. There were no North Township Board candidates that filed for that position. So, that see, the Republicans could fill that up before they go into the November election. Yeah. So, um, in Polk Township, there was a race for the Polk Township trustee. The incumbent, Jerry L. Lamb, won with 161 votes to his challenger, uh, Michael C. Norris, who received 153 votes. So, 153 to 161. That's, That's pretty really close. close. Yes. In the Polk Township Board, there's three candidates. You vote for three, so they're all in on the Republican ticket. John Ihorn received 204 votes. Tim Kazanicki received 224 votes. And Richard Parker received 212 votes. There was a race for the Tippecanoe Township trustee. The incumbent, Matt Pitney, won with 67 votes. His challenger... Bailey McIntyre had 58 votes. So 58 to 67. Nine votes there. Who says your vote doesn't matter? Yeah, exactly. Um, Tippecanoe Township Board. There are no candidates on the Republican ticket. And we need three. Union Township Trustee Marlene Mahler is the incumbent there. She was not challenged. She received 230 votes. For the Union Township Board, there are three candidates. Vote for the top three. So they're all in. Uh, Terry Joe Morrison Hines received 159 votes. Michael L. Overmeyer received 205 votes. And Shirley A. Snyder received 171 votes. Walnut Township Trustee Stephen Wilhelm, the incumbent, received 195 votes. He was not challenged. And his board... They do have three candidates, so they're all ready to sit for November's election. Kenneth Doddle had 133 votes, Joseph Stone 153 votes, and David Stoltz 170 votes. The West Township trustee, Terry Borgren, was not challenged. He's the incumbent. He received 306 votes. The West Township board is made up of three candidates. They have three on the Republican ticket. Danny Bates received 217 votes. Thomas Flynn received 254 votes. And Cynthia Sloniker received 228 votes. For the Argus Town Council, it was vote for the top two. Um, there were three candidates. And this was decided in Argus. There were a total of 203 people voted to make the decision on the Argus Town Council seats. Ed Barkus received 71 votes. Erica Parlin, she's the incumbent, received 70 votes. And the cha- and the final challenger, Bob Byers, received 62 votes. So that was a close one. That's pretty close. Bourbon Township Council, City Council, there's one seat open. That's Les McFarland's seat. He's the incumbent there. He was not challenged. 
he received 111 votes. In the Culvertown Council, it's vote for the top two. There were only two candidates, so they're both sitting for the November election. Bill Clevenger received 94 votes, and Bill Giffins received 87 votes. I did not finish going through. I did not go through and look at. There's um, state convention delegates, and like, who really cares? But you had to vote well, for 14. No, 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 no. Somebody just sent a text saying, can you find a list of the delegates that won and read them slowly? I can find the other winners, but not the top 14 delegates. I, I can't give you the I, – I, they don't put them in numerical oh, yeah. order. So, so they put them in them back alphabetical out. order. Yeah. So I can tell you Deb Beck had 1,512 votes. Actually, I'm going to start with the top ones because there are some that have 2,000 votes. And we were assured them, but I can't figure out. I haven't. I haven't gone through and combed ca- all those I, out. I guess, Rusty, yeah. you you hold your fingers up so I know when I get to fourteen. Okay, I don't have fourteen fingers. <laughs> so it starts out with Charles Dalt. Charles received the most votes with uh, two thousand one hundred and seventy. Next up on the list, oh, I missed one already. Tim Harmon received the most votes, 2,072. No, I was right. Uh, Oh, goodness. All right, we're going to start all over again. This is hard to read. Do you need a pen? You can mark them off. I'm doing that right right now. Okay, top vote getter was Adam Falstitch with 271 votes. Then you have Tim Harmon. With 270 votes. Behind him is E. Nelson Shipman with 220 votes. Now, here is okay. Next would be Deb Vandermark with 1,998 votes. Followed by Jesse Bohannon with 1,811 votes. 1,811, 1,811, there's 15, I think, I think, oh, this guy, David Holmes would be next, I believe, with 1,767 votes, oh, I missed one that would work in here, too, Uh, Julie Fox received 2,304 votes, All right, I'm pretty sure I can go with the 15s now. Sam Slosher, 1,598 votes. Jan Holmes, 1,571 votes. Jack Garner, 1,500 votes. Deb Beck, 1,512 votes. Okay, I got those. Now I go to 14. You're at 11. 1,400. <laughs> okay, I think next on my list would be Laura and Laura, Laura Vervink. 1,440 votes. Then Kip Cook, 1,410 votes. One more? Yes. I, I need just one more. The yes. next one. 12 and 12. 
And I believe then that last candidate would be Brian Howard with 1,286 votes. Now, I'm, I'm doing this on the fly, guys, so I'm ho- hopefully I'm right. I will, I will really sit down and look at this, and I will post those candidates so you can see. Now, uh, we do... I do have a... Somebody reminded me of something. Yes. Um, and uh, some states have an open primary where you can vote, don't have to declare a party. So you can go vote on either side. Open primary, you can vote. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Indiana has a closed that only party okay. members can vote. So, In and, an open primary, you would vote? Yeah, because I don't have okay. to declare a, a party. I, I mean, people would be shocked of some of the people I've voted for over the years. Um, I, I just, yeah, I would do that because then I could, especially in this one, since I know that there's at least four or five that, well, I guess I wouldn't have voted in this one anyway because I don't vote in local elections. But <laughs> I got to get over that because I really don't cover county or city government hardly at all anymore. So I I could probably yeah. feel better about voting. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, so I, I remember that from my, uh, I guess it's not civics anymore. It's government class, um, but. Thank you for reminding me. So I, I would be happier with that. I think the reason they may not do that is because if, uh, say, Republicans have a extremely popular candidate who has a minor uh, contender, the Democrats could flood the Republican side exactly. and get that guy out yeah. so that their guy has a better yep. chance. So I'm sure that – see, once again – we live in a wonderful country, don't we? R- wonderful it's world. It's all moving where the pieces around on the game board. All we do is spend all of our time trying to beat the system and s- cheat and steal. Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't matter <laughs> it what it is. So good. Go to the internet and get scammed for a while. Everybody's looking for a scam. So anyway, call you're on the air. Hello. Hi there. This is this this is opinionate, opinionated loudmouth me. That's okay. <laughs> That's what this show's about. I, I agree with a lot of what you've said. Um, I mulled over and mulled over voting yesterday and did not because I'm so disgusted, number one, with the Republican Party, what they've done to us for the last four or five years. And I have been a registered Republican for 60-some years. Uh, but anyway, I have a problem with people that vote, oh, well, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican, so I just flip the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. not right. I am, I am old-fashioned. I think I, I, if I don't know what the candidate stands for, and I don't care whether they're Democrat, Republican, or Independent, I don't vote for them. Yep. And I, I try to, to research, although I don't have a computer and all the technological stuff, I try to get people that I think are honest about what they want to do and, and want to try. I think most of our local people are, are trying. Yeah. Know, I don't have an argument with that. I agree. But the national scene is a circus, and it's just, it's just heartbreaking because I'm really concerned about the direction our democracy is going in. And I'm just old-fashioned enough. I want somebody who's morally decent. I want them to be honest. I mean, I don't know whether this is old fashioned, so old fashioned anymore that it doesn't count. Uh, but 
I finally just did not vote yesterday, and I have never missed a vote. But, of course, I'm in the country, so there's not too many I can vote for anyway. That's not an excuse. But I didn't because I'm just so fed up with. But, you know, I realize people died for my right to vote. Right. And so I think it's important. Yeah. But I wish people would take it more seriously instead of just pulling the lever. Look yeah. into who they're voting for. We've got some crazy crazies out there <laughs> that are ruining our country. And it just really bothers me. Really bothers me. I am. Uh... So, and you know, and I like Stan Klotz. And I've met him personally and so forth. But after I heard him talk, then I heard an ad, and I'm glad he won because I think he's trying. After I heard him, there was an ad saying, you know, well, we haven't raised taxes and this and that. Now, that was not true because your taxes were raised and my taxes were raised and my appraisement was raised and so forth, you know. So let's be truthful about what we say as much as we can be, you know. Maybe you don't have the right facts, but... Uh, that bothered me a bit. But anyway, I, I wasn't going to go in and declare myself a Republican or a Democrat. I wanted to vote for the person. And I wasn't able to do that yesterday because of, you know, the way they have it structured. So anyway, that's just me. Well, I, that's fine. So that's, thanks for listening, guys. Well, thank you for calling. Uh-huh. Mm, Bye-bye. Bye. That's really kind of how Rusty is. I just want to vote for the person, well, I, not I, the party. She hit it on the head, though. I mean, nationally, give me, tell me what you stand for and what your ideas are, and tell me what your plans are. Don't stand up there and just scream about how your opponent is a yeah whatever somebody else. Yeah, don't your your commercial speaks well, yeah. more about your opponent All than it does yourself. Is, yeah. is, is try to assassinate the character of the other person. Tell me what you stand for. Tell me tell me your ideas. If you can't tell me what your plan is or what your ideas are, you sure ain't getting a vote from me. I, I want to know what you want to accomplish. And you should know that instead of standing there and screaming about, well, he's a jerk. He uh, he kicks puppies. You know, that kind of thing. I I'm I'm done with that. I just don't want to deal with it. So, that's my two cents. Somebody did uh, make the comment that they they like change, or uh, but they have a feeling maybe there might be some regret over maybe not keeping one or two experienced council members. But you know, I uh, I don't know you about that. That, that's, that if that's you know, depending what. Well, I mean, it will, no matter what, in the fall now, even if the Democrats run some, they're going to be inexperienced, too. So you're exactly. really going to end up with a board that... Majority of Tim, no experience. Everybody, well, really, Tim Harmon, Jesse Bohannon, and Jim Ma- and Jim Masterson have will have been on the board for two years. Right. And now you're going to bring in four more people right. that are brand new. Right. And that's what your board is. You have absolutely, really, no experience on that board. Not a lot. Uh, let me run through real quick. There is some Democrat numbers here. I, wanna, okay. I don't want to leave them out. So U.S. Senator Thomas McDermott Jr. received 489 votes in Marshall County. Paul Strury, in U.S. Representative in District 2, received 460 votes. Uh, State Representative in District 7, 
Ross Deal received 17 votes. Then we flip over, and that page has no candidates on it. No Democrats. And then we go to uh, the Center Township Board has three Democrats running against the three Republicans to fill three seats. So Andrew Dribblebus received 167 votes. Cynthia Martin Milner received 166 votes. And Stephanie Pever... Peverell. Yes, you know who she is. She yes. works at the Pilot News. Yes, she does. Received 145 votes. Um, in German Township for the board, Whitney Stilson was the only one. You can vote for three. She got 44 votes. In the Green Township board... Uh, Dean Ezekiel was the only candidate vote for three. He got eight votes. In the North Township Board, Steve Davenport was the only contestant. There are uh, seats for three. He received 46 votes. In the Union Township Board, Lynn Christ received 38 votes. They need a couple more candidates. In the West Township Board, there's a Democrat running. Cheryl McKinley, she received 71 votes. And then they have some precinct committee men on theirs, but Andrew Dribbabas, Center 2, 24 votes. Michelle Livinghouse, Center 4, 36 votes. Uh, Precinct committee men in Center 6, 18 votes was Mary Jo Finley. Precinct Committeeman in Center 8, Stephanie Pever- Peverell. Peverell was 15 <laughs> votes. Uh, Precinct Committeeman German won Whitley Stilson, 6 votes. Precinct Committeeman Polk won Michael Leda, L-E-D-A, Leda, Leda. I'd say Leda, but... 9 votes. And Precinct Committeeman West 3 Don Sellers, 14 votes. Um, as for their state convention delegates, you can vote for nine. Uh, they did not have nine running, so everybody goes in. Um, Andrew Dribblebus, 417 votes. Mary Jo Finley, 429 votes. Don Fox, 412 votes. Tracy Fox, 426 votes. Michael Leda, 401 votes. Michelle Livinghouse, 451 votes, and Stephanie Peverell, 424 votes. That's seven candidates. And that is the end of the report. All right. And that's what it says. The All end right. of the report. End of the report. So why don't we take our first break oh, of that's the right. morning? Uh, oh, goodness, there's nothing in the box today. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It is Wednesday, so let's do lottery tickets, and I'll go get some. All right, we have lottery tickets on the line if you yeah. want. You or anyone in your family has won lottery tickets in the last six months. Please give somebody else a chance because these are popular. Going to take caller number seven. All right, caller 7-574-936-4096, some scratch-offs from the Hoosier Lottery on the line. At Co-Alliance Propane, we treat our customers like neighbors because it's exactly what we are. Co-Alliance isn't some company across the country. We're across the county. We work, play, and live right here in Marshall County with programs like Summer Fill, Budget, and Fixed Price. You can choose the program that works best for you. Visit co-alliancepropane.com for more details, including 50 
see free gallon offers for new and existing customers. Coal Alliance Propane, seriously local. You want to know what's going on in Marshall County? Just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. and AM 1050 WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. And what's your opinion? Phone lines are open at 574-936-4096. So call now and join the fun. Now here's Kathy and Rusty. Little plant music. I get that. The roots. Yes. Mm -hmm. There you go. Good job. All right. Thanks. Um, Our winner for the lottery tickets. Cora is our winner. So congratulations, Cora. You're going to be scratching here a little bit. In a good way. Definitely. Three scratch-off lottery tickets from the Hoosier Lottery. Yep. So this morning, we have Beth Cashin in from Cashin Creek Florist. I want to welcome you to the show. Good morning, Beth. Good morning. How are you? Good. I wish spring would get here. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming. You promise? (laughs) Yes, I do. Okay. Actually, I did see on Mother's Day Sunday... It did say 70 degrees. Now, I'm not sure it meant sunshine, but it did at least say 70, and there was no rain in the forecast. So Yes, our 10-day forecast is going to be warm. Oh, I'm ready for it, that's yeah. for sure. So let's talk a little bit about Cash and Creek Florist. Used to be Felky Florist, and you've been there two, two and a half years? Yeah, we purchased it in September of 2019. All right. And what led you in that direction? Um, um, my husband, Daniel, and I are, are retired dairy farmers. And we had some ground left and tried to do a specialty crop. And so we decided on cut flowers. We went to the farmer's markets for two years. And since we had so many flowers, we thought maybe purchasing the flower shop in town was a good idea. So 
tell me how that works because I don't know that Felkies actually grew their own flowers out in a field somewhere. Well, they I would th- order flowers in, I would have suspect. Well, they did. I think in the past, though, just all across the United States in about the 1960s is when all of the local people who grew their own flowers, which I believe Felky grew them in their greenhouses, um, have switched over to purchasing flowers from overseas, the Netherlands, South America, Japan, all over the world. And so then the local um, growers have become almost non-existent. Wow. So you you had how much land, what kind of a flower garden do you have? Well, it's it's a little flower farm, and we probably have about approximately two acres that are um, in cultivation right now. We have some ground left over from when we left farming, however, um, we're growing relatively intensively so i have you know rows of of things that are in the ground and so how okay with this weather that we've had this spring all this rain that we've had how is that good for the you're growing and do you grow them like in a tunnel to protect them i mean because i know there's been a couple of times you know we've had frost warnings lately and you see everybody go out and put something over their bushes or their flowers. So how do you guys handle that? Um, well, we generally try to grow things that grow within the season. So there are a lot of flowers that grow in the cool times of the year, um, like the tulips are coming in. We have anemones and ranunculus and daffodils and narcissus that we've been harvesting now. Um, <clears throat> we grow things in the fall that will winter over. Um, so we try to just work within our, our seasons here. Okay. And then the flowers that you grow, you bring into the shop and those are the, what go into arrangements or bouquets and that kind of stuff. Um, do you still have to order in some stuff? I would imagine. Yes, because there's a, a demand for certain flowers that we don't produce, and we are um, very seasonal. So when it gets when it's really cold, uh, it's, you know, we just can't. We do have um, two of the greenhouses that Felkies had that are still relatively usable. Um, we're trying to renovate some of that, um, and we do have one greenhouse out at the farm. So. So, like roses, you know, here we're coming in to Mother's Day, and I think roses. I mean, I I occasionally I'll see rose bushes somewhere, but I've never seen the roses with those long stems like that. So that's probably um, something that's a little more difficult to grow, and wouldn't work so well here. Well, you can grow them here, but they grow them in such quantities and they're so inexpensive. And so we usually get roses in and we've only been flower farming for five years. So we haven't gotten into any roses. And there are flower farmers that do um, some of the uh, like English roses, and but we haven't gone that far yet. Well, it sounds interesting. I mean... I can only imagine in the springtime looking out your kitchen window and seeing these rows of beautiful flowers coming up. It has to be, you know, kind of like, oh, look at how gorgeous it I mean, it looks so pretty. I love to drive along, and I, I try my myself. I have 
you know, some tulips and hyas- or crocuses and mm-hmm. hyacinths and um, daffodils in my garden that have come up, you know, when it's like, oh, it looks so pretty. I, I just love it. But I can imagine a, a farm field that has a bunch of different flowers. Well, sometimes that's a, a misnomer because normally I try to pick them before they're completely beautiful <laughs> so that I can have them at the shop for all the customers uh-huh. who want them. And I try to get them when they're going to last the longest in the vase. Okay. That's mm-hmm. interesting. I didn't think about that. But, yeah, you had to pick them just before they open or right as they're opening so they'll it, be around. It depends on the variety. Certain ones want it should be picked when they're open, but a lot of them need to be picked as they're in bud and starting to open. So do does just you and your husband control the farm, or do you have helpers that come out? Um, and, I mean, that's a lot of work to... I mean, just my little bitty garden is a lot of work of bending over and getting down there and weeding. And, you know, then if you want to cut the flowers, obviously you probably want to cut them as long stemmed as you can so you have room to play with them. That seems like a lot of work. Intense, you know, laborious, tedious work. Well, it can be, but we do have um, a few of the employees at the shop that come out and help me. And last year I had a a good helper. Um, I'm still kind of looking for some help for the farm, but we'll find somebody. And and my husband is in charge of tractors and lawnmowers and mechanical things, you know. (laughs) So So the flower part's yours. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Now, let's talk about the greenhouse then. Uh, you guys have a few green, a couple of greenhouses right there at the shop. What are what do you grow in there? Uh, right now, uh, the only things we're growing is mostly bedding plants for gardens, you know, flowers, and we've got I think over forty varieties of tomatoes this year and different varieties of peppers. So we're trying to to bring some interesting varieties to the community that they might not know about, and uh, we have bulk seeds. Um, so that you can get more seeds for your money. And uh, we we have like a small garden center there. And uh, so a lot of people don't know about it in town. Um, well, Rusty actually just lives down the street from the florist. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but he lives in town. And so he's actually interested in doing a container garden. Yeah. Um, and he loves tomatoes. And he says they have a better taste. There's something that... Between, you know, the tomato that you grow at home or you get at the farmer's market than the tomato that you go buy at the grocery store. That's because generally you pick them when they're ripe. A lot of the the, um, commercial growers pick them when they're a little underripe and they just taste better when they're fully ripe. So 40 varieties of tomatoes? Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I told Rusty he needs to look for the boxcar willy. Yeah, we have boxcar willies. There, there you go. Okay. That's right. Bill Watson. He liked the boxcar right. willie tomatoes. But so it, it, it is, is it too early yet for people to actually be putting plants in the ground? I know there's, there used to, my girlfriend used to say in her family grew a big garden that on Good Friday, I think the potatoes go in the ground on Good Friday was one of the thi- first things that their family well, the, did. The old farmers really believe potatoes need to be in on Good Friday, but they really can be planted after that. <laughs> um, right now we're getting awful close to our last frost date, which is usually around May the 12th or so. And so after that, you're pretty confident that 
you're not going to have a frost. You still have to watch. But And with the 10-day forecast being warm, it's time to start planting. Okay. And so if somebody comes out and they're interested in some of these tomatoes, um, is there like a little sign on there that tells you like, I don't know, good for cooking or I, I'm not... I just like to eat the tomatoes. I don't, I don't cook really with tomatoes. Well, our signage is a little to be desired. However, um, I am a master gardener, so I can... Uh, so your staff can... Beth can tell you what you're I can try to tell you while we're growing out there. Mm-hmm. Very good. Though that's I, Rusty, you're going to have to get a bigger container and try a few different uh, yeah, I gotta tomatoes. Yeah, i got to find a big container. Yeah. I do. Um, either that or buy two of them, which I'm sure will go over well with the uh, keeper of the checkbook at home. But, yeah, I think. See, we use so many tomatoes. Yeah. And so uh, uh, growing a bunch of them is going to make a lot of sense uh, for us. Now, Beth, you also said peppers. So you have, like, green peppers, uh, spicy peppers, hot peppers. Yeah, yes, we have the, the, we have a variety of peppers. We have a lot of California Wonders, which is a, a green bell pepper. And everybody thinks that's the one to go to. But personally, I like Big Bertha's better. That's a, a variety that mm. I think is a little larger and thicker walled. Um, then we get into the hot peppers. We, I think the hottest ones we have are habaneros this year. So we have we have a lot of varieties. So people, you know, if you're if you're starting to think about your garden, there here's an opportunity to get a plant that's already started. You don't have to worry about the seed. You can just put the little plant in the ground. When do you guys start planting these things to get them ready? Um, we grow about half of our peppers and half of our tomatoes, and then because I've not been doing it that many years, I have a little insurance and I buy some from the wholesale guy. And right now I can't tell the difference between mine and his <laughs> anyway. Um, but we started a little later this year cause they just are getting so big. So, but they're still getting really big. So it's time to get them in the ground. That's interesting. Okay. So the, the vegetable garden people, you can go to the florist and be satisfied with what you can, you know, that you can find those things you want to put in your vegetable garden. It's not just a flower garden. Oh, no, we have lots of vegetables. Um, we have a lot of, of, of beautiful flowers in the bedding plants and for that type of thing. We have a lot of rose shrubs and different shrubs that came in, too. So. Oh, wow. Well, I'm, I'm more the flower person. Um, and Mother's Day is coming up. Um, so uh, there's probably an opportunity that somebody could stop in the florist and maybe find something for Mother's Day. Well, yes, or you could just call and uh, we oh, have send it for Mother's Day. Well, we do. We have beautiful uh, hanging baskets right now. Oh, okay. So that's a good thing for mothers, and a lot of people like to just plant their mother's gardens or pots mm-hmm. for Mother's Day, and so that's a good way to do it. I'm getting to that point that that would be very appreciative if somebody would just buy the flowers and put them in the basket the I have a on the rail of the porch a, a long container you know if they would just go ahead and plant them in there just not just hand them to me and say here they are but go ahead and plant them for me <laughs> is that a hint <laughs> <laughs> I don't know okay here's a question what would you recommend if you are living in the country and your house faces the east, 
on your porch, do you want hanging flower baskets or do you want hanging ferns? Either will work. You okay. just have to make sure that your hanging flower baskets are ones that don't need complete full sun. And we have some of those. Okay. So there's a, there's a trick to some of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, of knowing... You have you really should most of plants come with a tag inside, and you really should read it because it'll, it'll tell you how how close to plant them, how deep to plant them, uh, if they take full sun or, or that kind of stuff. So there there is a trick to having a beautiful you know flower garden or or vegetable garden growing. It's not really tricky. It's just a matter of learning. <laughs> For the novice, it's tricky. It's like, uh, because it's like, I don't know. Is this really, you know, full sun or it's full sun in the morning, but then the sun moves around in the afternoon and there's no sun there, but all the sun's in the back porch. And it's like, well, we could put them on the deck. So, um, Beth, how about container gardening? That. Because we do have a lot of people who live in town, but they still have, have you know, they want to have, grow some of their own vegetables or grow some beautiful flowers. Um, can you help them pick maybe the right things? Uh, if they tell you they bought a a horse trough that is, you know, four feet long and they want to plant vegetables in there, could you tell them, like, okay, in that you, you could really only have three tomato plants and three pepper plants and yeah we can help them with um you know putting whatever they need in and and try to get them varieties that would work well for their uh application because that's sometimes i you know this i don't ever know how much to put in there and like on my basket things on my front porch i always want something that falls over there's there's a saying i've seen it on the hgtv channel about yeah it's container baskets it you need a, a thriller a filler and a spiller yes so. exactly so you <laughs> need you need a plant that's high to to thrill everybody a plant that uh, filler fills that it fills around it and then you need one that spills out of the pot and generally if you get those types of plants your container will look very nice so so if you go to felkies and tell them i need a filler a thriller and a spiller they can help you pick which one you know okay this would be a taller one this would fill up along and this one will these things would fall over the edge and mm -hmm. <laughs> see i i know a little bit about all right well. very little about flowers yeah um and then um once we get them in the ground or once we get them in our containers um there's still some work that has to happen over the season. So as time goes on, and a lot of, you know, oh, let's just go with petunias. Mm -hmm. They're very generic. Um, everybody seems to have them. They're in flower baskets and they're, you know, on containers. They grow well on the ground. They grow anywhere that, you know, I have had them in different places and the things have fallen off and the next year they're growing here and the crack in the sidewalk all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, but so tell me on petunia uh, on those specifically once the flower dies i should i t i just pull the flower out i leave the the stem that it grew on there i just pull the flower out what is the correct thing to do with petunias to keep them 
blooming and pretty all all summer long and into the fall. Okay, a lot of it depends on the variety you get. We carry proven winners, and there are a lot of those that do not need to be deadheaded or take the the dead off. Yes. And they will continue to bloom. But the older varieties, if you deadhead them so they can't go to seed, they'll continue to bloom. If your petunias start to get leggy and start to get so they look kind of like they need something besides what you're doing. <laughs> a lot of times mid-season you should cut your petunias back. And if you cut them back then uh, and give them some fertilizer and the watering, and they'll reflush, and they should ah. continue on throughout the season. Yeah, mine tend, in the, especially in the baskets, tend mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. long and not not so full and pretty looking. And that's yes. how it's, okay, very good. So if you cut them back, you can cut them back about a third, and then that'll force them to come on with more blooms. Or some people just go through and take out about a third of the longer stems and then the next week another third and another third and then that way the plant just keeps coming okay so now we've talked about a little bit about the garden that you can put things uh vegetable garden things and and seed wise you have all kinds of carrots and broccoli and yes all those veggie things out there um do you carry any of the plants that are already started of Anything that's like that? Oh yes, yes. yes? Wow, yeah, we have we have a lot of herbs. We have. Oh, I didn't even think uh, about zucchini. Is a big one. Everybody wants zucchini. Um, of course, we got all the cold crops: cabbage, um, broccoli, cauliflower, <coughs> kale, Brussels sprouts. <laughs> They're all there. Rusty, you're going to need about six containers in your backyard. Have to take up the whole parking area, <laughs> yes. it sounds like. It yeah. sounds like it could be, have a lot of fun, though. Yeah. Um, but the florist um, has not only their seed shop open, and you just had your, your spring opening yes. event for all of that, but they have lots of flowers. So, you know, whatever you're looking for flower-wise, um, a lot of people... Um, you know, have to think about the cemetery. So you can help them out that way too uh, with flowers at the cemetery. They don't always have to be real flowers that people put on. Yeah, we uh, have some really nice silks and we try to purchase ones that have a a longer outdoor life so that the sun doesn't uh, ruin them as quickly as maybe some others. We do um, saddles for the tombstones. We do... Um, that means it... Sits on cones. top of yeah. it and mm-hmm. okay. and is kind of clamped to the stone. And we have so little yeah. cones that you can put in front. We also have a service that if if you're a person that maybe doesn't live here or is elderly and can't get out to tend the uh, the grave site of your loved one, we have a service where we'll go out and and take care of that for you. Wow, that's nice because there are people that they move away, but their parents are still there, and it's like. Oh, it's Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Could you please? Yeah, you know. and we just have a listing of those people that want us to do it, say, at Christmas time or Memorial Day or just whenever they choose. And uh, we go out and usually put a stone topper or a cone or something like that on there for them. Very nice. Um, you also do bigger events. So weddings? Oh, yes. I have... Uh, my staff is amazing. We have the best employees. I have 
three designers that have all gone through floral design courses. Uh, and my one is, um, is my wedding designer, and she's the one that will handle all the weddings. I mean, of course, we have to help her get them out the door. Sure. But um, that's the courses she took, and she does an excellent job, and they're just gorgeous when she gets done. So is she the one that actually sits down and meets with the bride uh, to kind of decide or uh, yes, the flowers? Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes a bride has a vision yes, of what do. she wants, and it's maybe not in a book. Um, so, yeah, she has to explain it to yes. somebody. And she'll go through, you know, everything that you might want and say, do you need, you know, altar flowers or do you need, how many bouquets do you need? And that way we try to do a thorough, um, interview with the brides to make sure we have just what their vision is. And that, and that you help them so they haven't forgotten yeah, we try mm-hmm. <laughs> anything because I mean you have to think about it. there's a there's a lot of flowers that can go for a wedding you know not just boutonnieres for the groomsmen but the fathers of the bride the father of the groom you know it, and it can go down the grandfathers if you want to the same thing with grandmothers. Uh, yeah. for corsages and, or something so and we try to customize it to whatever that bride. Uh, needs are or wants are and and then work with her to get you know the budget where she needs it all that type of thing i just saw i i can't remember i was watching the movie and it, it was had a wedding in it and this bride carried a bouquet and it was lily of the valley mm-hmm. and it's not to me that's like really not a traditional bouquet because lily of the valley is pretty those flowers are pretty small well, um, and they're very seasonal. Uh, but it was mo- it was the most beautiful thing, and it's like, oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Um, can you get lily of the valley seeds, or how do you? I mean, I I my I can remember growing up as a neighbor. My friends behind us, they along their house, they had lily of the valley growing. Yeah, they're they usually don't come from seed. They they're come kind of. I'm not sure, but I think they're a rhizome that comes up. And when you order them, they're called uh, Lily of the Valley Pips. And so it, you just get a little a little piece of it, and then you can plant them from there. And then they kind of expand they and do. grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Lily of the Valley is the flower for May, and that's my birth month. So mm-hmm. I've always liked Lily of the Valley, and mm-hmm. so that's why I was just wondering. So um, as we said, Mother's Day is coming up. Um, it's not too late to uh, make a call or stop in at Cashin Creek, but we haven't, I mean, we talked flowers and obviously you can send a book, bo- a beautiful bouquet and arrangements come in a variety of price ranges. So depending on, you know, how big I, and if I'll, my favorite color is purple. And so if my daughter wanted to send me a purple bouquet, mm-hmm. you could help her out by having the purple flowers in there or whatever. Oh, yes. Right now we've got a lot of tulips, and they're in all different colors. But we also have gift items that can go along with with an arrangement or individually. Um, you know, we always do balloons, and we've got willow tree gifts, and we have, we have some specialty chocolates that are made um, in Virginia by an artisan um, there that we carry. So we have a lot of additional gifts besides just the flowers. So honestly, you need to take some time and actually stop in the florist 
and see the gifts that they have in the shop. I know at Christmas time, you guys put up a lot of Christmas trees, and the ornaments on the trees are for sale. Oh, yeah. So they're not just there to look pretty, but they're actually there for sale, too. So it, it, it behooves you to take a little bit of time and stop in at Cashing Creek Florist. Yeah, we'd love to see them. And you have a nice new parking lot. Yes, it's on the north side of the building. It's not very big, but it does get the people off of that busy road, mm -hmm. and they don't have to walk clear around the building to, to come in. Very good. Now, if they want to go to the garden shop, they can actually park on the side street. Yeah, on Charles Street. And and there's an opening there. Yes, uh, it's, on, it's at the back end of the building, and uh, we usually have the the garage door open if the garage door's open we may be open but the weather may be a little inclement and we might be cold <laughs> but we'll be open well very good oh well we definitely want to thank cash and creek florist for being uh one of the new sponsors for our birthday giveaway yeah. so each week uh you also get a market bouquet of flowers uh, from the florist you just take your gift certificate by yes. and they have market bouquets made up all, all the time they're kind of like a oh i have somebody in the hospital i need to take yes. something there yes. or or oh yeah. i burnt i burnt my mom's dinner or whatever yeah. you know we try to keep those in the cooler constantly we also have what's called a csa which is consumer supported agriculture and they're like a kind of like a subscription where you can purchase ahead a certain number of of bouquets throughout the summer so then you're getting uh, some of the freshest flowers coming in off the farm everything in the csas we grow at the farm uh, can i ask where the farm is it's north of town. It's on 3B off of Olive, but we're, we are um, rather remote, so people oh. can never find me. If they could find me easier, I might have cut, you know, you could yeah. come and cut flowers, yeah. but uh, people get lost all the time. So. I just wondered, because I, I think it would be so fun to drive by and see this beautiful garden, this huge field, you know, that has some flowers growing in it. I think that mm -hmm. would be so neat, but... We have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, I just want to make a comment. Um, I went in to get some flowers, and Beth has kept the prices down, uh, has not raised them. Uh, it, you know, everything's going up, but she's tried to keep the cost of things down. You are not going to find it cheaper at Walmart and Lowe's because I've been there. And so, uh, and they, they take good care of them. They water them every day. They fertilize them, so... This stuff is taken care of. You're going to get a good product. Well, thank you. They're We're glad people. you did. Very good. They are Thanks. Good people. Uh -huh. Appreciate the call. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. So here you go, folks. You want, you know, local business, small business owners here. Um, if you want them to stay around, you have to support them. And the way to do that is to stop in and do your shopping. You can shop online, though, um, with Cash and Creek. So if, you, if you're needing, even if you're needing to send a bouquet locally, um, yes. you can do that online or, or uh, through a phone call. I mean, it's, they'll, they'll service you any way they can. Uh, yeah, we try to carry things that only we know will be good for your garden or try to prevent your pre 
we try hard to give you the best quality that we are aware of. And that way, Rusty, then come, you know, July, when you're going, where are my tomatoes? You can trot your little butt down there to, <laughs> to the Cash and Creek Florist and say, hey, I bought this blank kind of whatever kind of tomato plant you bought, and I don't have any tomatoes yet. And she's got say, Rusty, that's a fall tomato plant, and they'll come on about September. And you're going to have tomatoes coming out your ears in September and October. So, you know, if you buy something and you have a question, you've got somebody to go back and ask, like, what am I doing wrong? How, you know, how do I fix this? Yeah, and if I don't know, um, I can source, you know, Purdue and find out. Very good. Well, it's it's wonderful to have a local florist here in town that you can count on and folks don't forget there's a special day coming up and um you know you, you don't forget your mother stop no. by cash and creek florist and check them out beth thank you for spending time with us this morning we really appreciate it thank you for having me let's go to break the Belmart BP station at the corner of Michigan and Jefferson Streets in downtown Plymouth not only provides BP fuel to keep you moving down the road, but they can also keep you moving throughout the day. Some gas can cause nasty dirt deposits to build up on critical engine parts, dragging your fuel economy down and leading to unexpected trips to the mechanic. All grades of BP gasoline have Invigorator, a cleaning agent that helps defend your engine against dirt to give you more miles to the tank, and that means more easygoing for you. And how about the fuel you put in your own tank? The Belmart BP station has Gatorade Thirst Cruncher, two for $3.50, or the new Buy a Boost. It's a Wonder Water, a plant-based energy drink, two for $4. Check out the Belmart Coffee Bar with hyper-caffeinated Jamaica Me Crazy, Blueberry Muffin, or Decaf Coffee. Plymouth Belmart BP opens at 4 a.m. for all you early birds. Dial 574-936-4096 or text 574-307-6647 and be a part of the show. Now let's get back to What's Your Opinion on WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. All right. It's Wednesday. Party like it's Wednesday. <sighs> it is I think Wednesday. We, we are partying like it's Wednesday. I, I'm kind of tired. I don't know about partying. Party like it's Wednesday. I couldn't believe that it was time to wake up this morning. I was like, oh, I don't want to wake up this morning. Um, Rusty, on Monday evening, I did go to 
the Plymouth Park Board meeting. I understand there was a Mike Height sighting at yes, the Park Mr. Board Height, meeting. Yes, Mr. Height, the superintendent who has been under the weather and actually ill for several months, was able to get to the meeting. Well, so that was wonderful. Uh, definitely. Uh, He's actually back in the office, makes too. Makes the crowd happy. Yes. Um, but during the meeting, Sean Cerisi, the Plymouth City Attorney, updated members on a couple of projects that are going on. These are um, either uh, stellar projects or, he, you know, he's working the contract side of the project. So um, River Park Square Phase 2 is coming along. And uh, that is down in, in the park. They're actually going to be making some additions and improvements down there. I was looking for my paper, but that that little kind of like street that goes over to the footbridge is going to be coming out. That that was Water Street at one point. That's going to be coming out, um, and that area is all going to be more like grassy. Um, there's a pavilion that will be going in there. There's the Veterans uh, Plaza that will be going in there. Um, there's some... Um, mounds kind of like the kids can run up and down on right. or roll down on that kind of stuff um so that project they're they're waiting on the construction schedule right now for that project the, the issue is and it's not really a bad issue but the same company that has been hired to do the renovation of the laporte street his historic footbridge is also the same company that was selected to do river park square project Okay. So um, the footbridge project is going to get started in the next two to three weeks. And then a couple of weeks after that, once that thing gets going and underway, then they'll start the park project. Because they're going to be needing to go move equipment in and out on that roadway to, to work on right. the bridge. And so, you know, they don't want to be... <laughs> driving over with some heavy trucks or whatever where they're trying to plant grass seed we'll say or whatever so um, they're working on that but things are going ahead Uh, they finalized the contract with the Troyer group to do the design phase um, of uh, the Greenways Trail phase three so that's moving forward and that goes from Laporte Street where the trail comes across from behind the Boys and Girls Club and ends there at What's well, Garrow Street? Right on Garrow Street, and it will go across and through the park, River Park Square, over to Laporte Street, where it basically matches up uh, to the bridge that crosses over yeah. to the apartments and and through that way. So um, the de- the design phase is will be underway shortly then for that project. So uh, things are moving along. Um, the hiring process has been pretty good at the park department, actually. I know Abby said that, uh, she was very happy that almost all of her lifeguards came back. Oh, good. Uh, just a couple didn't, and she has replacements for those, but, um, it, you, there may be an opportunity if you're still looking for a job, especially, uh, a maintenance job in the park where you would be, you know, raking leaves, picking up trash, those kind of things. Um, there may be a, an abil- ability for you there, um, but the pretty much things are underway. They did approve uh, the request for a family pool pass for the Jogging for Jefferson PTO fundraiser that will be happening. 
And I believe they actually use the park and the kids jog from the school around the park and yeah. back to the school uh, and, and and family members donate money. Oh. Um, and then the proceeds from the funds raised in that fundraiser uh, go to buy new playground equipment at the school. Oh, cool. So, yeah. And then I have not been over there to see it. Marcy, you may have noticed it when you were going to the ball games. Um, there's a project going on there that is going to include some new trail work. You can say there's a trail going in. You can tell okay. that. Um, they're working on that. And then eventually... Uh, over what used to be considered the handicapped playground at the Hoosier Old Wheels Pavilion. Yeah. Was not really handicap accessible. No. Um, and there you're taking that playground out because we do have a handicap accessible uh, playground now at Packard Woods. So they're taking that out and they have new playground equipment coming. The problem is the shipping. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so they're not exactly sure when it's going to arrive, so they are not going to take out the old playground equipment until they know the new equipment is here sure. in the U.S. and it, it's coming. So they are definitely focusing on the trail, and that trail is actually going to eventually – it hooks into the Greenway Trail, but it, it also goes over to Plymouth Goshen Trail. Mm-hmm. So those families living in the new right. Centennial Commons over there can have – you know can cross over and walk the trail to get on the greenway trail or come into the park Yeah, because the only way to do that now is to walk in the street it's yeah it it is yeah there there's got to be some changes made out there and they're working on that so that's an update from the park department oh we had a quick question about the farmer's market it has not started yet but it is very soon it's Um, this saturday i believe tom is gonna he's coming in in on thursday yeah tomorrow tomorrow uh, uh, to talk about that. Yep. But yeah, I figured it was, I thought I remembered it was Mother's Day weekend they opened. Yep, exactly. So, okay. And then they're open until, the, I think they're open two, the first two weekends in October. Okay. So everybody get ready for that because that happens this weekend. Yep. Um, also want to let folks know that the Plymouth Common Council gave approval uh, for the Plymouth Fire Department on uh, last Monday to purchase a, a new fire truck. For the city of Plymouth. Okay. You have to remember, we have fire equipment in there that is a center and west townships, and then we also have city equipment in there. And in reality, when you're thinking about it, somewhere I have written in here, uh, the city actually owns two fire truck pumpers and an aerial truck. So basically three fire trucks and three ambulances and a chase vehicle. Uh, obviously, if you are looking in the garage, you'll see there are several more uh, fire trucks in there. Those are owned by the townships. So, um, but he is going to be uh, replacing a fire truck uh, and purchasing a 2024 Pierce Velocity Pumper for the fire department. Um, and the biggest issue was that he came before the the council last week and said, which he had already been there two weeks prior, and said there is a price hike coming. In May, and if we want are interested in purchasing this fire truck, we can lock in our price in April and save sixty nine thousand dollars because that's what the increase is. So the bid amount that came out of Sourcewell uh, was seven thousand eight hundred and four eight hundred eighty seven hundred and eighty four thousand four hundred dollars, and um, the 
chief asked the council to consider budgeting $800,000 for this purchase. Sure. Um, because there will be, I mean, he's going to have to have it lettered up with the Plymouth Fire Department right. on it. Um, and there may be some loose equipment that they'll need to add, or there may be an additional feature that they might want to have on the fire truck that's not on the basic one that they had purchased. And so he asked them to increase that. Um, and there was some talk. Obviously, uh, it's a 24-month uh, lead time on this. So you order it now, and in, in two years, it'll be here. So it gives the council some time to come up with yep. the funding mechanism. Um, they could put some money behind, beside in the, this next year's budget and then the following year's budget, but $784,000 or $800,000 is quite a lot of money. Um, and there was actually some discussion at looking at um, leasing, doing a, a lease to buy where they would actually um, put, you know, put a finance the payments over five mm-hmm. years. Um, and Sean Cerisi said, actually, financing that the cost to finance that would be cheaper than the increase, the $69,000 increase. So uh, the council's going to, you know, they have several months now that they can kind of look at this and try and determine how they want to fund that fire truck because they don't have to pay for it until it arrives two years from now, which is kind of sad that it takes two years to get a fire truck. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. And it's almost almost two years for an ambulance too right now. So uh, not a good thing. Uh, Robert Listenberger also suggested, you know, he said this was his first time for a major vehicle purchase. And he felt that they should be looking kind of at a program that rotates their vehicles so they know that Every year or every other year, they're they're working to bring in a new vehicle, right. so they can kind of have a long term plan, just like we just talked about out at the jail. Sure, a long term plan for these additional purchases. You know, on this one, money has not been set aside for this purchase. Right. So, um, but if the council is able to put money aside. And save for some of these, or no? Oh, in two years we're going to have to buy an ambulance, and they cost three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Then, you know, it's it's just planning ahead, and so. uh, But he did get he did get permission at the end of April to go ahead and move forward with that. So, that's a good thing. And then there was an arrest, um, Officer Fossey Facey, face. F-A-S-E. I say face. I Officer Face with the Plymouth Police Department uh, was dispatched to Marshall County Community Corrections. That's in the Community Resource Center on Monday. About 9.30 in the morning, he uh, had to transport 45-year-old Thad Hissong of Argus to the Marshall County Jail. Mr. Hissong was lodged in the jail for violation of his home detention. So... He was bad. He didn't follow the rules, and that's what happens when you don't follow the rules. Yep. Other than that, oh, I have, oh, I guess I have, oh, do I have a couple of more rests, I guess, that we can talk about before we get out of here. Um... Plymouth police arrested a 64-year-old man on Sunday evening uh, for driving 
while intoxicated. About 7.15, police received a report of a vehicle driven by an intoxicated male that had left the Applebee's parking lot. The suspect vehicle was located and stopped after they they did a traffic infraction. They did something wrong. Didn't use a turn signal or or something wrong. Officer Crynock stopped him on US 30 and at Michigan Road. Uh the driver was 64-year-old David Evans. He told the police officer he was from Haywood, Wisconsin. Um although on the bookings report it says he's from Tampa, Florida. So Mr. Evans was arrested and lodged in the Marshall County Jail for operating while intoxicated. Well, you know, maybe you didn't remember where he was I mean, from. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was intoxicated. Maybe he just forgot. Oh, that could be. Yeah. And then uh, city police also arrested 26-year-old Lester Castro Gomez of Indianapolis. Um, he was stopped on a traffic stop on US 30 near Pioneer Drive. Monday afternoon, about 4 p.m., Officer Arnold with the Plymouth Police Department arrested Mr. Guzman uh, for operating a vehicle while never having a license. He was lodged in the Marshall County Jail for that offense. Okay. So how, how do they get that they can just find these people who... Never had a license? Yeah, never had a license. Well... Maybe they can tell by the way they're driving. Yeah, I, maybe. Could maybe be. they sped. Maybe they, like you said, missed the stop sign, didn't use the turn signal. They just get pulled over and just. Yeah, it's sometimes some simple things. Boop, I mean, boop, boop, boop. No license. Yep. There's also an article provided by Susan Eggleston uh, the from the Plymouth Lions Club. Uh, they had Barb Holcomb Wolf was at their meeting. Uh, she was representing the Marshall County Council on Aging and the, and the Life Enrichment Center and was discussing the importance of volunteerism. And so you can read that article and find out a little bit more about that. Um, as well, they had a speaker, I believe, from the Lincoln Junior High for their 8th grade robotics team that is going to be heading to Dallas. Remember, they're oh, raising they already funds. headed. Did they head? Benji dropped them off at the airport yesterday. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and drive them to O'Hare. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so. What yeah. did he drive them in? Uh, one of the, the school. Little short little buses? school vans, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah, so I got home. He was just getting back from O'Hare when I got home for lunch, and he was, uh, uh-huh. was dragging. I can imagine. Uh, all the way up and back in that rain. Ugh. And he said it was bus. it was not it was really raining up that direction. Oh, so yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the news that I have for you, Rusty. All right. Well, I've got news for you. Okay. I did I did get this. I don't know if it's different from the one we got in the trading post earlier. I don't know if it was changed or not. Same. Ooh, I got it yesterday, uh, so I don't know if it was an update. So maybe you, when you get to the trading, I'll post, just read, read this one. one. Yeah. Okay. Because I think it's exactly the same, but I'm not. I, I haven't had a chance to uh, go yes, through I'm it. I'm sorry. So. I should have gave it to you well, early, but okay. I just found it oh. in my stack of papers. It's not here. a problem. I think it's exactly the same, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, Anyway, it's time for me to give you some news, which is whose birthday it is today. And if you hear your name, you're going to be put in the hat you'll be eligible for 
Four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe. Also, free small drink from the Coffee Lodge. Also, a bouquet from Cash and Creek. So, uh, happy birthday to Rod Eblen. Rod, you're in the bar. No, not quite. Almost. Cap in. Got it. Uh, <laughs> Beth Corbett, happy birthday to you. And swish. Uh, Carla Pratt from Pratt's Floor Covering. Swish. Oh, this is Beth Corbett again. So, Beth, you got a oh. lot of you got a lot of friends. And Lee Lovell, happy birthday to you! Another swish. I'm boy, you're just swishing them in that yeah, hat. I, and I got my own rebound on the other one. So <laughs> there you go. Those are our birthdays today. Friday will draw for those four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe, the small drink from the Coffee Lodge, and the bouquet from Cash and Creek. Time now for anniversaries. We almost let this out yesterday. Oh, yes. It was embargoed until today. That's what they say about news. For those of you who don't know, when they send you out something that they're trying to pretend is this big secret in a press release, it says, embargoed until 5 o'clock on whenever. Uh, yeah. If it was that secret, why did they send it to you a day in advance? I it's, it's a trick. It's a trick by those people. Anyway. This one is an anniversary happening today. David and Marlene Schlosser, three years today. Wonderful. So, David and Marlene, you are eligible for 50 bucks from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home. We have that drawing at the end of every month. Uh, now it's time for Trading Post. You can buy, sell, trade, giveaway. Four items, four days, four free. So long time business for any of those items. Also, if you're looking for something to have a sale. Uh, it's kayak season, and here's some for you. Yellow Perception Sparky 9-foot kayak 200 bucks they have three of them so uh 200 bucks for any of the three or all the three you could have all three of them for 200 bucks each so there you go 600 and you can have the whole family in their own kayak and buy this one too uh wilderness system 15 foot kayak two dry hatches comes with a two-piece paddle it's a good recreational touring kayak tracks good stable and fast 450 bucks for that one. And if yard work is your thing, instead of riding the waves of the Yellow River, uh, an MTD yard machine riding mower, 38-inch, uh, with a 13.5-horsepower Briggs & Stratton engine. They want $300 for that. Interested in any of those items, now that the outdoor season is coming, 574-532-9218. That's 574 532 9218. That is Le Flaving Post for today. And there are a couple events happening in the uh, in the near future. So first off, uh, the Plymouth First United Methodist Church uh, at 400 North Michigan Street is having a pork tenderloin sandwich with french fries fundraiser. It's cooked by Ralph Smith. It'll be this Saturday from 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. In the West parking lot that's right next to Ready Mart. Drive through service only. The cost is $10 for a sandwich and fries, and the proceeds will benefit their missions trip. So if you want information or to get tickets, you can contact the church at 574 936 2934. That is the Plymouth First United Methodist Church. Oh, you want me to read this one? Okay. Uh, Nelson's Porta Pit Chicken, sponsored by the Argus Lions Club. That's coming up Saturday. 
uh, 9 a.m. till, well, you know it's going to be a party, 9 a.m. the question mark. Woo! They'll be getting down in Argus at First Source Bank, uh, Argus Dollar General. It's $10 a half. You know you can't eat just one half. It's not possible. Not Nelson's. That's right. Not Nelson's. Pre-sale tickets are guaranteed until 11. Ooh, they have a pit potatoes uh, $4 there's no pre-sale on those and they're only available while supplies last uh, and that's that so Porta Pit sponsored by the Argus Lions coming up this weekend 9 a.m. Uh, you know Ralph Smith is going to be pretty busy because on Friday he is cooking for Tri Kappa they're having a tenderloin and fries dinner prepared by Ralph Smith this Friday from 5.30 until 7. They're going to be down at River Park Square here in Plymouth. Mm. Um, and the ticket is $10. They will also have a bake sale available. And pre-sale and walk-ups are accepted. So um, they are going to be doing cash sales down there for that. If you want a pre-sale ticket, you can call Wendy Holloway at 9574 Three zero sixty nine thirty two, and actually we're going to give away a ticket uh, tomorrow and a ticket on Friday for the tenderloin and fries Ooh. dinner fundraiser for Tricampa. Uh, Friday night specials at the Elks: fish, all you can eat, jumbo shrimp, two, count them two, grilled pork chops. Shrimp and fish, they serve from 5 to 8. That includes salad bar, potato dessert, and carryouts are available at the Oaks. All right. On Friday. Very good. Okay. All right, Rusty. You done? We are out of here. And Tom Cab, I believe, coming up tomorrow. It's supposed to be. All right. We'll find out about the farmer's market. Okay. Make sure you join us tomorrow at 9. And uh, I'm going to play my DJ, uh, just like you two says. Have a beautiful day. The heart is a bloom. Shoots 